With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, this is Cassie, and this is the uh, launch party thank you call slash um, I've opened it up because I wasn't sure if anyone was going to make it. Um, to the Facebook group. So welcome everybody who is here. Thank you so, so, so much to all of you who are on my launch team and uh, helped my book hit number one in several categories, including happiness, which made me very happy. And um, just having it come out and uh, doing really well on Amazon right now in the paid category. So I definitely appreciate you. Um, Cool, I see... uh, helping someone out, which is awesome because that's not my um, good to have tech support on the phone. <laughs> um, so welcome. So um, Mindy is in there. So Mindy, just type in when you have questions. I think you're getting audio. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you can Bye. hear me. <laughs> that's awesome. Um all right, fabulous. So it's this is um, I have no agenda. It's whatever you guys want to talk about, what you want to discuss, what you found. It's completely open to be driven by you. Cool. Um, yeah. I would just want to say first of all, thank you, Cassie. I I uh, it's Janet here. I I love your approach to scripting. I love how you build in the senses and emotions and you that rich that richness um, because you know me I'm obsessed about the brain science and we know that the, that juiciness makes all the difference in the world um, so but what I have found interesting when I tried to process that myself was that three days is too long for me and uh, and I went through a bit of beating myself up about the fact that I quote-unquote couldn't do day three until I realized I'd squeezed all the juice out of it in two days cool. so yeah, it was interesting to kind of observe it. Um, you know, I've 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 played a lot with scripting because words are my thing, uh, and the 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 amp, amping up of the juiciness definitely a, a, a winner for me. But the three day thing um, actually turned out to be a disadvantage. Uh, and I re- and I re- well, my theory is this is my personal theory. This is not coming from the research. My personal theory is that. Um, uh, that because we know that you know um, there are always going to be outliers with everything Uh, and I have um, a lot of air in my astrology uh, which means that the the processes I get things really fast so it's kind of like and my 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 whole process my my internal landscape my mental landscape my emotional landscape they get bored really easily. And day three, it would suddenly, days one and two, fantastic. Day three, it was like trying to stick pins in my eyes. <laughs> it was not pleasant. 
And I was smart enough, thankfully, to recognize after the first sort of half hour of really struggling with it, I thought, this is not, I am not enjoying this. I'm not bringing a decent energy to this. I do not want to be um, bringing this vibration to the process. So I stopped. Um, so that was interesting. And I'd lo- I'm wondering whether you've ha- had that experience with any of your clients who really got all of everything that out of it that they needed to or the, that they wanted to uh, before they got to the end of day three? Mm, great question. I have I have not had that experience. In fact, they're usually um, could probably keep going if I said create a day of four and a five. Um, right. And I don't know if that's just who I attract or, um, but yeah. But that's I mean, good job for you know stopping when it didn't feel good. Well, yeah, it was kind of interesting because there was I did go through a little bit of going. Oh, I haven't done it properly. I'm going to be in trouble with Cassie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I also I also wonder whether part of it is the fact that I've done a I've done so much scripting and that I've kind of I've got to the core stuff. Sort of I I don't know whether it's I've sort of already not not I've already done it in the sense that you know it's all done and finished and I don't have to do any more work. But whether that that sort of sense of exploration was like okay that that that's as much as I as I'm ready to explore right now or something. Mm. No, no. Yeah, but it was an interesting experience. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why um, the three days I think I talked about this in the book, but the reason why the three days comes up is that. As I would do, um, it comes up from when I used to work individually with people and I would do um, ideal day visualizations. And so I would just interview people. And what mm-hmm. I found is that almost everything fit um, very neatly into three days. And that just happened to be the process. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think we can always do more, we can always do less. That was just always had been my experience that when I talked to somebody, the variation, however things varied, um, somehow it fits very nicely into three days. So I think if it's less, that's totally fine. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, and thank you for the answers in the Facebook group about the, you know, what to do with the other people in your lives. Um, I'm still not totally clear on it for myself because, for example, you know, husband of 28 years, uh, I grew up with dogs. I'd love to have a dog. Uh, in the early days, that was something that was a deep desire, I would have said. But my husband's violently allergic to all dogs. It's not a, it's the skin he's allergic to of all, all any mammal, basically, except humans. <laughs> and um, so, I, and I made a choice that my deeper desire. So it's that that situation where really it's about two seemingly conflicting desires. Uh, and I made a choice a long time ago that, <laughs> that I preferred my husband. Um, and uh, now I'm, I've spent so many years appreciating the good parts of not having a dog. Like, I don't, you know, it's easier to clean the house. I don't have to find kenneling when we go on vacation. Uh, I don't have to go through the fact, in 28 years, I would have had to go through at least two dogs dying in that period of time, I would think. Um, so I sort of, it's kind of interesting to go, well, are there desires that I had that I gave up, quote unquote, that I, you know, obviously the dog thing is something I'm 
I, I actually told my husband quite early on that if he died before me, the first thing I'm doing is getting a dog. Um, he's cool with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's an interesting one to play with that idea of I totally get, I totally understand about the letting go of the how. I think that's really important. And and you said something in the Facebook group that I thought was interesting about, and I totally agree with you here. If you think that being your being happy means someone else will be miserable. You have to let go of that. I totally get that. I don't. It, that's not quite the situation. It's more to do with my husband really wants me to be happy. I've got more than 28 years evidence for that, um, and yet there are. And yet juggling him into my, I, you know, my champagne days was something I had to. I, I had to get into the how in order to do that. I didn't want to leave him out totally. I wanted to make sure I included him, but I had to do something. Like on the first day, I just got through it by saying, I sent him off to work and I kept my hands out of the details <laughs> for a living. It's like he gets in his lovely car and he drives to work. And I thought it felt a little bit contrived, but is, is that okay to do a little bit of the how when it's trying to tackle, like, you know, I send my kids off to, they're off at summer camp or whatever it is that enables the, the, the person to actually do the work. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just curious about at what point is it getting too much into the how? So I think it's totally fine to um, to send him off to work because I'm guessing, I don't know what your morning routine is, um, what I find in scripting is that mornings become very, at least with my clients that I've worked with, is that mornings become very, like, detailed, um, very, um, um, very in like in-depth experiences, and so uh, I think if you're if you have a husband or a wife or a significant other or kids, where you can really get in that morning, you can script them into your morning if that works. However, it feels good whether they get up and they go do their own thing or whether they get up and you have breakfast together or what, whether you get up and you go for a walk together, whatever that is. Um, I think. That I don't want to say covers it in a sort of a dismissive way, but I think that it mm. that means they are there in your life and they participated in this very juicy experience of your life. And so, yep. and then I think, yeah, if they're going off to school or summer camp, or they're going off to their job, or they're going off to hang out, you know, with someone else. Um, then you know, that's um, that's totally awesome because then you are living the part of your life that doesn't include them because I don't think your life has to include every single second with them unless that's something that you desire. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I like that. Well, thanks for that, Cassie. That sort of, um, that clarifies the, um, because it, effectively that's what I did on the first day and um, uh, the second day we were on vacation together and that was that was a much easier day to write, I have to say, and much more fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought that was kind of revealing. <laughs> I just want to go on vacation with my husband all, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, cool. I love it. Um, yeah, that sounds like you did it um, awesome. Perfect. Cool bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so, cool. Did you have another question, or Mindy has a question? If you want to think, or 
Mindy, Mindy has a question in chat. Do you want me to read it in for you? Or I can read it. Yeah, either one. Um, let's see. Woohoo! Way to go, 2,800 words on one day. That's awesome. Um, I bet that day felt very juicy. Um, let's see. Are the changes in wardrobe, home, the vision board for us to do after scripting the three days is finished? Yes. So definitely after you do that and after you write your whole new story, um, go through and look at your wardrobe and ask um, if your future self owns this and change your house in any way that, and it might just be getting rid of stuff or it might be um, everybody you've probably seen, you know, the candles that I brought into my house, which I love. Um, but um, just things like that that come up. So really go through after you've done um, the scripting your days and the story, um, writing your new story. And then, yeah, go through and do the vision board from that place of, um, being really in touch with that future self person. You can do it after the interview and writing your new story. That's even better um, because you'll be very in touch with that future person and you'll know very much um, what stays, what goes, what moves, um, what, you know, doesn't feel like you anymore, um, all of that stuff. And you said, yeah, I'm doing decluttering of things I no longer want my champagne life. That is awesome. Perfect. Um, Good. And so, yeah, do that along the process and then go through. Um, what's interesting is sometimes it's not even about getting, like, it's, it, decluttering is awesome, so I'm always in favor of that no matter where in the process you are. Um, but once you walk through your house as your, your future self and you're really interacting with everything, often it, it might not even be something that feels like clutter that needs to go. You know, it was really interesting. I rearranged my office last week. Um, and if you would have told me I would have liked it this way, I would have said no. But as I change, the environment that I need to be in changes. And so, um, yeah, decluttering is always awesome. And then definitely go through your house and see what is where and, um, you know, if it still fits even in that place or even in the arrangement of the furniture or whatever it is. Yeah. So. It's really good to um, get to talk to you on chat, Mindy, as well. So cool. So, yeah. Um, if you want any clarification, just type that in if something didn't make sense. Or, Janet, if you have a question on that, feel free to ask or ask any more questions. This is you guys' call. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I love that, um, Mindy. I'm thinking even books in my bookcase need to go. That's perfect. Um, Tanya Lee, if you follow French Kids Life at all, actually just, I didn't read the whole post, but I saw the headline and the like little description. She just did that. So she got rid of all the books that no longer serve who she is and put in the things that, the books that do serve who she is. And that, I think that's an important one because we don't, I don't, I find people don't clean out their bookcases very often. I know that was one of the things I never looked at. And then when I started looking at it through the lens of who I was now and my future person, like, a lot had to go just because they just weren't who I was anymore. Sometimes it was because I didn't feel like I needed them. Sometimes it was just because they just didn't feel like they fit my life anymore. That's such a good point, Cassie. I did a big clean out of, um, uh, uh, you know, because, you know, the, I do the work with identity shifting, which is kind of a, just a different take on the same concept where, you know, you find a way to connect to the new identity of who you're becoming and then you sort of 
make sure that things fit with that. And one of the mm-hmm. things I had to do was go through a big clean out of my bookcase. And um, uh, and I found it was really interesting. There are actually some books. Uh, there are some books that I don't love, but they were signed by the author who I do love. And so I've kept those. Uh, but they have their own special shelf. All my signed books have a special shelf. I've got a lot of books. But I, I know quite a few authors of um, science fiction and um, fantasy. So I've got quite a few books signed by them. And uh, there were a couple that were signed by somebody that I met at a science fiction convention. And I didn't love them. The only reason I ended up buying them was because he was such a good salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the signature was fantastic. He put a little note in, and both of them were really fantastic. But the books themselves were on, they were sort of, he writes more in the kind of the hard science. Um, they were basically stories about, you know, pandemics and the and chaos and destruction. And they weren't my cup of tea at all. And I kept them on my bookshelf for a long time just because I had them signed by the author. And in the end, I, as I was looking through all of these books, I thought, those two, they have to go. They are not who I am. I'm not interested remotely. I t- totally, I'm totally happy reading, you know, uh, all kinds of fiction uh, where, you know, death and destruction happens, as long as there's a happy ending. Um, but these two, they were like, no, nah, this is too much immersed in, in the kind of world I don't want to see. So law of attraction, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I know they don't. <laughs> if I don't love them, they have no place on my bookshelf. So I was more than happy to pop them in with all the other books that were going to the charity shop. <laughs> awesome. I love that. I also love, I think, uh, I thought you were going to, I wasn't sure if you were going to say the books didn't fit or like owning something that someone else, because someone else was a good salesman, didn't fit either. That's interesting. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of that. Every time, you're right, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. Every time I, Every time I noticed... I had this. Um, <laughs> I went to this big uh, science fiction international convention that was held in Melbourne a few years ago. Um, it's where they give out the Hugo Awards and things like that, <clears throat> which are the sort of the Oscars of science fiction literature. So there were some big name authors there, and I came back with this massive pile of books, and I knew that I and I like my books alphabetized, so I knew I would lose them and wouldn't read them. So I put pink stickers on the backs of the ones that I hadn't read yet, and gradually worked my way through. And there were these two standing, sitting there. And this is not a famous, well-known man, by the way. This is somebody I'd never heard of. But he was a friend of a friend. And uh, the, the pink stickers on the spines of those books, every time I looked at those, it would irritate me because I thought, I've got these books I haven't read yet. I've met this guy. And he was nice. I mean, he was a lovely man. He was very funny. And, you know, that's what made him such a good salesman. It wasn't until I was walking away I went, wait a minute. I, I wouldn't normally read these books. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, so, it was, so it wasn't like it was a horror. I didn't feel bullied into buying them. It wasn't that kind of sales pitch that makes yeah. you feel creepy. It was more the kind of, you know, that you turn around and notice you've been sold something and you go, that, what, what just happened there? <laughs> so it was never, it never felt really aligned. It was, it was a bit, it was a bit off. You're right, and I hadn't picked up on that. But yeah, that was another that was another thing that felt good to to let them go. How funny! <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think that's that speaks to a good point. Is that um, 
you know, we can, like, different books have different resonance for different things. Sometimes it's about the topic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, re- like, things really hold the energy of where we were in that place. You know, I had a a picture um, it, with a guy that I had had a relationship with, and I, I didn't keep the picture in the frame for him. I kept it because I really loved the way I looked in that picture. And somebody was like, you need to get rid of it. I finally, like, took it out of the frame, and it was amazing, the energy shift, just taking it out of the frame. Like, I noticed, yeah, I had noticed what an energy it held. I didn't think it did because I didn't think I really cared. But I always had kept it because of the way I looked, and when I took it out, it was a huge energy shift, almost just really like a letting go. Yeah. That's really interesting to me, Cassie, this phenomenon where – we actually, we, it's like the frog in the warming water. You know, we can't really feel that we're in that energy until, uh, until after we let it go. I find yeah. that really fascinating. Me too. Do you have any, is there any, do you have any brain science stuff on that? <laughs> yeah, one of the things, well, the, the the approach that I like to use is it, it's it is that thing of taking a really big step back, you know, that mm-hmm. finding as much distance as possible and being willing to question. You know, my, one of the things I say to my clients all the time is, don't believe everything you think. Um, yeah. And and when there is something where I even have the remotest suspicion, because deep down we do know, and mm-hmm. it might be tiny fleeting suspicion that there's another way to look at this like maybe there's an energy going on the fact that when I looked at those books I I felt irritated you know the more sensitive I am to that irritation and the more I allow myself to recognize it because I think we you know we get trained to put up with irritation we get sort Mm -hmm. of numb to it you know what I mean we get trained to put up with like my thing about my you know wanting a dog and my husband being allergic I had to train myself deliberately to, to, to find advantages to not having a dog and, and to get over that irritation because of the choice I'd made in that situation. And I made that choice 28 years ago, by the way, before I knew any of this. So <laughs> if I were doing it all again, I might create a partner who loves dogs, you know, but, but, yeah. but I'm to stick with the one I've got because, you know, he's kind of cute and, and funny. And, um, but, yeah, I, I think that, being, if we get the slightest hint that there is something that makes us, Jackie Gates calls it a wince, um, you know, that it makes us wince. There's this tiny moment of this flutter in our energy when we look at something, it's worth questioning it. So the assumption that we don't care, like when you were looking at the picture in the frame and thinking, I don't care, some part, mm-hmm. of, you knew, you did, some part of you knew that that was not true. Yeah. So it's that thing of going, hmm. I'm willing to question it. So it's being willing to question it and being willing to say, is this true? Is there another story? I wonder, I wonder what might happen. It's that sense of curiosity. I wonder what might happen is if you take, what, what might happen if I take the, the photo out of the frame? I wonder if that, so it's, it's, I like to think of it as being willing to step into that fully observational anthropologist mode so you put your little pit helmet and your notebook and you're taking field notes observing your own response yeah cool I like that awesome Uh, Mindy says my irritation was being tested today when she found it difficult 
um, so she and Greta's in scripting. Um, I don't quite understand. So when you tried to share it, it didn't work? Or when you, oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know what irritated you. Um, sharing what you were doing uh, with a mastermind group that didn't, was um, less than ideally supportive of what you were doing. Yeah. Um, took me a minute to make the connection, but yes. Yeah, I totally get that, um, that irritation. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes one of the things I, and I mentioned this to you as well, is that just kind of, <laughs> um, you know, waiting until the whole process is done, until you fully know that um, this magic, magic moment when you know, um, when you know your future self, like when you see her, you see if she thinks, you see um, what she's overcome to get to that moment that she's living in. And, um, yeah, and so sometimes it's, it's best until we're fully in that moment um, to share. And, you know, when we don't get the response that we want, you know, I think you just have to just take it as information and just know it's probably irritating you because, you know that you're growing. And um, I know for sure um, I went through a lot of irritation in different points when I step into bigger places. Um, Just sometimes because it, just even if somebody isn't necessarily poo-pooing an idea, but when they don't get it, it can really, I'm like, ah, this is like the next level, the next step. Like, how do you not see it? And, you know, it's their own journey and their own path, and sometimes they're not going to see it. And um, so diving back into scripting, and um, if it feels good, add something about being surrounded by people that that are supportive of your journey. Um, That's a common thing that I write, because a lot of times as you grow, you sort of naturally outgrow people. It's not intentional. It's not... Sometimes you don't even realize it's happening until you look around and all of a sudden, you know, the landscape has changed. You know, you're all of a sudden the people that you came out, you know, look at, you know, um, change. Um, And it's just because of where you are and how much you've grown. And um, I totally get that. But it took, um, oh, I bet it it did. Um, She said, right, I think it took them off balance. It sort of came out of left field. And I can totally get that. You know, sometimes people just aren't ready because they, if we've showed up as one person for so long, even, and it doesn't even be long, it could be two months, it could be a month, it could be a year, but they know us as that. And so um, when they when they know us as that and we all of a sudden kind of show up in a bigger space, sometimes it can be scary and they don't even realize it's um, Scary and Janet might have something to say about the science of this, but there's a change. They can sense a change. And to be honest, I don't know a lot of people who love diving into change. Like we all adapt to change, and I think change is really good. And as we learn and grow, most of us become better at looking at change as a positive thing or at least just not looking at it as a negative thing. But sometimes when we run into people, we bump into people, and we've grown expansively. And I know how this process works. If you're scripting and you're pretty deep into your scripting, so you've, you know, if you did the exercise where you put everything you wanted on a board and you scripted, you grew. Even if you'd only been working for three to four hours, your person had grown. 
because this work is fast. And just sometimes when we grow like that and we show up, um, it can be scary to other people in our lives just because they don't know what's going to happen next. That's such a good point, Cassie. Um, and you're right. There is some, there is some, uh, you know, some kind of basic psychology here where uh, people, you know, the version of you that the person knows when that starts to change, it's unsettling for them. And sometimes, especially if they're not particularly, they're not really self-aware, they can sort of uh, react with shock, and um, uh, and that can can result in them pushing back. It's like they they want to kind of push you back into the box that you fit in inside their heads. Um, if you don't fit that box anymore, it sort of it it throws the it throws their brain goes into uh, the sort of any sorry I'll start again the the way our brains work is that they anything that doesn't change they stop paying attention to because and this is part of our safety mechanism you know this is part of our fight or flight response is that when things change suddenly our brain responds as though it might be a threat because we need to respond you know our ancestors needed to respond instantaneously they didn't have time to kind of go, hmm, I wonder if that's a tiger in the undergrowth or, or not before the tiger had eaten them. They had to. So we still have that. So that's why when somebody does something really unpredictable in traffic, we can usually respond in time because we're not stopping to think about it. But the same thing happens when somebody changes in a sudden way or comes with something that's brand new that, that, that they've never seen before it can kick off their fight or flight response and they may respond before they've even realised that that's what's going on. And once they've sort of down that path of saying, oh, don't be ridiculous, that's a silly idea or whatever it is, however they're responding, there's a bit of momentum that's built up and it's hard for them to stop that response and do something fresh and different and new. So, yeah, uh, you're right, Cassie, that, that it's that sudden change that can set people, kind of give a weird response. I have to say my my preference is doing this kind of work. In fact, I like it so much I've put it in the name of my business, but I like doing it a ninja style. I don't tell people what I'm doing. People have to earn it. People in my life have to earn it, the right to know what I'm doing in detail. Uh, and if they haven't proven that they have the capacity to kind of go, yeah, whatever you're doing is cool, I don't care how weird you are, it's totally cool. The people who have that response to me on a regular basis, they've earned the right to know what weird thing I'm playing with right now. Everybody else, it, it's, a, it's a secret. I hug it to me and I keep it secret until I know that they deserve to know it as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's, why, that's why my business includes the word ninja. <laughs> I have a stealth approach to this kind of work. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I find, and I'm guessing um, there's some... Like even because I found it in my life that even as I've grown, as I grow in different points in my life, people start to react differently. And I think, and it, I think there's almost a, I don't know whether it's a sixth sense or it's just something that we sense that causes sort of that fight or flight response to be activated. Hmm. So. Yeah. I, look, the the truth is we can't really know what's going on inside someone else's head. Right. But what we can, what we can do is kind of make a decision about how we want to manage our interactions when it comes to this kind of work. And for yeah. me, I can't, I, my preference is to 
to know that I, you know, that I can trust someone with what I'm doing um, beforehand. And that means that when I'm doing stuff that's on the edge, I'm careful about who I share it with. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, the people who know me know that I do lots of weird stuff, that or stuff that they would find weird. Uh, and and that's cool. It's when I'm trying something new to me, that's when I really go into stealth mode. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Guest four has a question in chat. Oh, yeah. Oh, how do you get your passion back? Um, I used to have a passion for writing, painting, and due to some tragedies in my life, have lost it. Um, give me one second. There was just one more thing. Okay. I want to see if it'll come back to me about that last topic. All right. I'm just going to trust that it'll. Oh. I know what I wanted to say before we move on to that question. Um, I will often, um, I, I, a lot of times, so if it's um, somebody like your husband, I would, I would use his name. Um, I'm not saying that you have to do it this way, but when I'm scripting, I will often, like I will, the permanent people, so my sister and my brother, um, if, you know, I'm scripting, like maybe visiting with them or vacation with them or whatever, or my mom and my dad, the very, very permanent people, um, if I were married, my husband, the very, very permanent people, I will use their names, but I will often, one of my um, tricks to this process is really to leaving names out. Even if I have a friend in mind I would love to travel with or that, um, you know, I'm really close to right now, not that I think that everyone is going to go away, but I know that if I strip um, and I'm just talking about an amazing, I know I'm letting go of a lot of the how if I'm scripting without names. If I'm just saying, oh, my gosh, I went on this most amazing trip. And, you know, with two of my girlfriends, we had the best time. We did this. We did that. We talked about this. We talked about that. I can have two people in mind when I'm kind of scripting. Um, but leaving that open, um, I like doing that because I'm always leaving, I'm always setting that intention and scripting my life the way I want it to be, filled with friends and this and that. And so if their names change along the growth process, um, then I'm still setting the stage to be having amazing girlfriends or whoever coming in and out of my life and being in my life and traveling with and having fun with and all of those things. So that was just I like that a lot, Cassie. That's a great reminder. Thanks. Yeah. So, all right, I just wanted to say that before I forgot. All right, so back to this question. How do you get your passion back? I used to have passion for writing and painting, um, and due to some tragedies, have lost it. So um, the first thing I would do is um, that I would, I would say, like, let's not make that as much of a permanent statement. Maybe it's not here forever, but it's not, it's not lost. It's not gone um, if you want it back. Um, and that gives, you know, sometimes we just have to take a break. And when we go through tragedy in our life, things shift and things change. And that happens. Um, it's a lot of, um, there's a lot that goes on in our brain, in our body, in our spirit. Um, I know from reading and I know from personal experience how things kind of get shaken up. And so I think, you know, often one of the things for me that's always worked for, like, letting something like this have a little more space to to breathe and to come back to life is, um, 
you know, not necessarily tying it to the tragedy, not necessarily that, you know, I lost it because of this um, or because of that. It might just be like I'm just taking, you know, however you can word it so it gives more space. Um, and the way for me is not coming right to my brain, but um, just really like letting it go and not making it be so permanent because of certain things. Um, because then in, in it sets us up, and Janet can probably talk more about from a brain science perspective, but from my experience, the way it sets us up when we do that is then we think we somehow have to fully get over the tragedy. Um, and we don't necessarily, we get, we move on, we adjust, we do things differently, but we never go back to that person. And saying it, you know, lost it because of this, um, when I hear it and when I've said it before, it really ties, like, I have to somehow become that older version of my, that we can't, um, what, that we can't get back to. Um, oh, yes, and so your question is, well, can I show myself in the script as painting and finishing your book? Of course. Um, if that feels really good. So my, the way that I would say to do that is um, to make sure you're not skipping the blank page exercise. Um, and to make sure that you're you're not trying to force that by coming up scripting, and I'm not saying that you are, but really um, let whatever wants to come up come up when you do that blank page. And if that is it, then script it. I would also script um, what kind of painting do you do? Is it for fun? Is it for like do you sell your paintings? Is that um, and there's a reason I'm asking for this detail. Um, but so, for example, like finishing your book, I would actually write, you know, whatever is the, as long as it comes up in that blank page exercise where you're just allowing all of your desires to come up. Um, okay, so you paint for fun. Awesome. So, um, you know, if finishing your book comes up, that's fantastic. But I would go past that in your scripting. So scripting whatever it is that, um, comes after the book. I wouldn't script finishing the book. Um, it feels very close in. It feels a lot like, um, and you have to determine this kind of on your own, but it feels very close and it feels a lot like controlling the how when you're um, scripting to, um, you know, finish the book. Um, same like the example I was going to give with painting is if it is painting, I would script down the road if that's what you want back. Is scripting, you know, having a gallery opening if that's what you want versus just painting one painting. Script this very successful place if that's what you want to be. Um, um, I would even go past. I wouldn't go with having an editor call you for a contract. Um, again, that feels a little like controlling the how. You have to judge that, but it feels like getting to that place. It feels like what's the why do you want to write the book? Um, if you want to share that, why do you want to write the book? I don't know if there's a delay, but I'm going to, um, let's say that you wanted to write, oh. mm, okay, so cool. So let's that, uh, um, Awesome. So do you know if it's a story that wants to be told? Um, just real quick, awesome, Mindy. Thank you for being here. appreciate you being here and sharing um, both in the Facebook group and here. Have a fabulous night. Um, 
cool. So you've got characters and a story that wants to be told. So I would um, find out what what do they want after that. Is that the end? Is just to have their story told, um, or what's after? Um, what's after that? So cool. So it's fiction. So um, awesome. All right. So you know, what's the? Is it just to have the story written on paper? Okay, so um, I would just let come up with what wants to come up, like what, you know, um, you know, tap into when you get into that place, ask, you know, just let whatever wants to come up. Um, okay, so it's, oh, so finishing your book isn't about writing your book, it's actually about, like, getting a product. So if it's about getting the finished product out there, I would write about having the finished product out there and um, having it, you know, either being sold to the world or shared to the world and write about whatever the impact um, it's going to have, whether it's for entertainment or whether it's for other things. Um, Yeah. So that's what I would do is get past that point um, of the editor and the stuff like that into um, however the book is um, being in the world because that means everything else is taken care of. And that means you'll be led to the quickest path. Um, If you can get in touch with that place where that book is out there and finished, not just finished, but out in the world doing whatever it's called to do, um, yeah, then you'll have more success getting everything else done quicker. So, cool. says you got it. Do they fully answer that question? Uh, yeah, feel it and and tap in, yeah, tap into feeling that future place where it's all done and um, taken care of and, yeah. Kathy, I do have a question. This is more of a technical yeah. question. Um, yeah. This is to do with uh, the... Pro- the process and how often you you might do it. So I'm thinking about because um, uh, guest ball's question sort of made me think about this about the idea that um, you know that that in another year, for example, I might I might have especially if I've had big life events recently, so that my sort of desires change not because not because of the event or rather not tied to the event, but for example, you know, when, when my dad died, um, mm-hmm. my, my, my priorities were significantly different. That's mm-hmm. part of what happens with, when the, when you, with the grieving process is that priorities become massively altered and they shift again. You know, priorities shift again, um, not necessarily just because of life events, but as we grow and expand, we're growing to this larger version of ourselves. And mm-hmm. from that there's, there's another larger version which we couldn't possibly have seen five years ago. And right. I, I, know, I know that's true for me. So my question is, uh, if, you know, once we've sort of done the process and we're, we're, we feel like we're comfortably in this new identity, this new larger identity, how often, uh, how often do you do the process and how often do you recommend it for your clients? 
to do the the full three day thing, or is this just a one off? We do that and then we kind of do maintenance forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think always maintenance, but I think there is a point where you do it again. Um, having just done it, like so, everything together. I mean, I've always been doing all of the parts. Together, right. like this is relatively new. I think. Um, I've actually been working, like, working through this in my own mind lately. Is I think for my clients, um, the ones that are working with me very closely, it will be pretty close to an every six-month thing because that's how fast they're going to grow. Um, yeah. So I think it kind of depends on that. It depends on when you get about when you get about 50% of the way there. If it feels good, when you feel like, 50% is really showing up or you have evidence that it's coming, um, mm-hmm. then it's, I think it's a good time to take that next step so that you're having that place pull you, as long as that feels good. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's a doing the in the block. Um, it, it just kind of depends on how fast you want to do things or how fast you want things to happen. But I think mm-hmm. every six months um, is about right because in it's, speaks for a lot of reasons. One is that we grow, and number two is, like you said, sometimes our life changes and things shift, and we realize, like, this is more important. This is a deeper desire, or a new desire comes up because of it can be good, good, bad, you know, um, it can be whatever. And so, yeah, I think keeping a constant check-in with that is um, really good and really, um, really important. But, yeah, I do, and then I recommend maintenance. Um, like, my suggested maintenance is 15 minutes a day um, because just tapping into that person for 15 minutes a day really sets, sets you up to tap into that future self um, whenever you need it. And I've noticed my clients, when they let that slide, um, then it, it just gets sticky, so to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I do like the um, I like the I like your you know the overall answer, which is you know it depends how it feels. <laughs> if it feels good, I always like that. Um, and I'm interested in the I'm interested too in the sort of 15 minutes a day thing because I know from my experience that if I do if I do a specific technique for more than about two weeks, mm-hmm. it gets sticky. So I, and it comes back around to that low boredom threshold thing again. So. Um, and it's interesting, I've got Sunny Libra and I know Jeanette Moore has the same thing and she says she's the one from whom I learned Prey Rain journaling, scripting in the first place and she doesn't do it for more than two weeks. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, obviously there are some of us who have to take a break every so often but, but I do know that if I leave it too long there's a different kind of stickiness that happens. So it's taken a while. So the point I wanted to make was that I think sometimes it takes each of us a little while to see out, to find out what our own patterns are and to trust them, to kind of, to feel out the difference between saying the juice has gone from this process and doing it actually feels worse than not doing it and then to recognise when it's time to pick it up again that, that, you know, that that it needs re-energising. So... It's a good reminder to me to sort of say, you know, as you say, it's how it feels and and getting good at recognizing how it feels for yourself, that can take a bit of practice, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it takes practice, and I think it takes practice. Um, 
it takes practice getting to know how it feels, and it also takes practice in knowing how it shows up in your life. Um, mm, like, nice. you know, yeah, like kind of how it's the effect that it has, how long it takes to have an effect. Um, you know, because I know if I go, uh, if I go a week, if I went two weeks, I would there would there would be some bumps in my life. I think <laughs> I know actually. <laughs> Because yeah. I can sometimes let it slide, and um, and so I think knowing where your um, you know, your magical place in that is really important, like you said, um, you know. And I'm always, I'm sort of a, um, I I don't necessarily do it every day. I, I'm like a five and two, um, which might be why why it's easier. I think we're also just different, but um, you know, I'll do like five days and I'll skip two. In some weeks, I'll do four days of scripting, and I'll skip three. Um, so I like yeah. um, I like that flexibility, Cassie. I think that's great. Um, Guest force just asked a really good question in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are there words that shouldn't be used, such as debt, bills, etc.? Negative words. So I don't think any of them are necessarily negative. It's the reaction that you get in them. What I know is that. Um, Often when we're trying to navigate the bills, we're trying to navigate the debt and make that feel good in a scripting situation, um, it's usually a red flag that you're scripting the house. Um, and it's often, you want to get past the point where, um, where I found the magic happens is when you're, when you're at the point that it feels the best. And so if you are, and and even if you have to script five years out, that's awesome Um, because, you know, where you can't possibly see how it's going to happen, but you're in a life where um, you're not really being stressed about the bills or you're not worried about debt or any of those things, when five years out, when you have everything that you desire, you know, and this goes back to that white sheet as well, um, everything you desire probably isn't just going to be bills and debt. Like you might desire to pay the bills, but my guess is that your desire is that there's always enough money, that it's easy to pay the bills, that it's, it just happens naturally. And so when you're scripting that, you really want to tap into what that place feels like, the place where, um, you know, you are experiencing that ease that you're looking for, that, you know, whatever. Yeah, if you win Publishers Clearinghouse a week, 7K a week for forever, um, picturing that and paying them, that's awesome. That's fabulous. Um, oh, so it made you happy to picture paying the bills? Awesome. If it makes you happy, very cool. I would just be um, cautious about if there's something else that's even happier, is like they just come easy. But if that makes you happy, go for it. I just often find when we when the words debt and bills, it's a sneaky way of controlling the house. So um, it's just my cautionary. It doesn't mean, you know, everybody's different and some people can do it. Um, I've just found that, you know, in all my work as a money coach and all my work with scripting, that anytime we're using those words, it's usually we're not tapped into what we really want, which is usually one step beyond debt and bills. Cassie, I like that. I like that. I like that clarification. I was just thinking about how um, uh, one of the things I wrote about in my uh, day, my ordinary kind of everyday day, um, was the um, 
the experience of, um, I'm trying to remember the details now because it was actually really fun. So um, I did, <laughs> my my mum gave me some money a while back and I said to her at the time that it was a loan and she keeps telling me it wasn't, it was a gift. And, you know, in my head, <laughs> there, is, there is still this sense of, I really want to pay her back. Uh, mm-hmm. And so one of the things I scripted was, that I've, you know, how great it is that I've found a way to give her a chunk of money without affecting her. Um, she's on a pension. So, so I did it without, you know, it doesn't have any impact, won't reduce her pension or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then I realized that what was even more fun, I decided I was going to give her the last little bit in cash. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I had, so I was online booking tickets to fly up, you know, to surprise her. Um, uh, and take, you know, I mean, it was like it was going to be like a couple of grand. Uh, and I just had this really nice, um, it was so much fun to play with. And it was completely different from the energy that I might have brought to it if I had talked about, and I know this is different for everyone, but for me, if I had said, you know, I pay off the debt to my mum, that wouldn't have felt, it wouldn't have had the same excitement. So for my, it helped a lot that she's told me it's not a debt. So I let myself off the hook more easily um, but looking at it as a gift to my mum which just happened to be for the same amount that she gave me that was kind of fun so so sometimes the the wording is can, the wording can be can make all the difference mm-hmm. um, yes, what she said it said, said mentioning amount of money is kind of control it could be, but in the case that I'm in, this is a this example that I'm talking about here. Having a specific amount that I was that I had decided I wanted to give my mum, that felt so fun and juicy. It didn't feel like a how. It didn't feel restricted. So, Kathy, I'd be interested to know whether whether I fell into the trap of a how by kind of going, you know, I'm I've got two thousand dollars cash that I'm going to take to another state to to take to my mum. I think. Um because you made it so fun, I think it's always, um, I think because you painted such a fun picture, you're good. Um, yeah. If you had said, like, I got $2,000 left from this and I paid this at this time and all this, that gets a little into controlling the how. But I think if you can, like, you tapped into the experience of it. Yeah. And so yeah. It's a fun experience. Yeah. Yes, I like that. I, yeah. I mean, I would imagine. I would imagine that if I'm scripting something like I just wrote a check for a hundred thousand dollars to Doctors Without Borders, that would feel awesome. Uh, and I, it doesn't feel like a restricting the how for me. For me, anyway, yeah. my, I have this wrong. But my understanding about the problem with how is it it limits what universe can deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's. It's how open we are, right? Yeah. Really, yeah. So we're saying we only want this way. And I think, and I think, um, you know, I think saying we're writing a hundred thousand dollar check to Doctors Without Borders is a really good thing to practice the experience of. And I think yeah. that um, is a, is much different than paying the bills. Um, and and one of the reasons I think it's different than paying the bills is that there's a matchup of um, I'm just going to call it like a matchup of reality. So if you're make, if you're getting seven k a week, I'm just going to use this example because it's in front of us. But seven thousand dollars a week 
um, which is 28, basically 28, probably about 30 grand a month. Um, you're, if you're imagining your current bills, the situation is going to be a little bit different. I think if you want to go to the, um, if someone wants to go and they really want to plan out, so okay, if I was, I think this is a great exercise to do sort of outside of scripting and it can help strengthen scripting with money. But so if I'm getting really clear, like if I have 30 grand a month um, and I have 30 grand a month and my bills right now are whatever, $3,000 if that's what they are, you know, that's 27000 So it's really like how long do you have, like are those forever bills or do you actually have bigger bills? Um, just some things that come up. And um, so it's really fun to play with and know like if you want to play with a number like thirty grand, I really believe it helps to get up close and personal with what that would feel like. Like well, how does that really play out in your life? You know, do you give away 5000 a month? Do you give away 10000 Which house do you live in? How much is that house payment? Getting really familiar with that really helps a lot. Um, I think the Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's a really clear distinction here between how the money's coming in. That's not a how we want to play with. Right. And, and, and how I'm going to enjoy it. That's a how we, want, we do want to play with. How am I going to relish the delicious experience of having $27,000 a month to play with? Um, yes. you know, know, the, the delicious experience of knowing my bills are paid and on top of that, I get $27,000 a month to play with. That might be a fun way to use the how. I have to say I'm not... Um, so I like the distinction between the two. I'm, I'm wary of anything that feels like the only reason I possibly deserve to, you know, to get 30000 a month is if I commit to giving X amount of it away to other people. Do you know what I mean? I want to, if I'm giving, like giving money to doctors without borders, that example I used of giving money to doctors without borders, that's purely and simply because this past 10, for about 10 days now, no, not that long, for about a week, I've been struggling with the emotional fallout from the refugee situation because I live in a country which is currently still refusing to take refugees and it's not a place that makes me happy, not, a, not an emotional space that makes me happy. One of the ways that I get happy is to imagine the, the, the possibility of different ways that I can help regardless of what my country is choosing to do at the moment. Right. So it's not, it's not something I'm putting in there because I feel like I ought to have that intention in order to deserve big money because I don't think that's how I don't think that's helpful energetically. It's there because at the moment it brings me massive relief and massive um, access to joy that I can't get when I'm caught up in the sense of helplessness. So that's a very specific reason for including it. It wasn't there because you know. <laughs> If I'm if I'm going to get big money, I have to give it away to charity. Um, that might be fun, and that might be a lovely thing to do, but it might not be the thing that, that's lighting everybody up all the time. And you know that that gets into the how for me. If it's if it's a sort of a rule, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I don't think anything is a rule. Like I don't think you have to give your money away. I just know from experience that that is one of the things that people want. So I think if if you're getting to give away, like just using the example of $30,000 a month and playing with it, like if you, you know, for whatever reason you decide that that, you, you think about what does that look like for you? Like you, you may or yeah. you may not be giving away money, but it really, um, to get in touch with, okay, that means I'm giving, 
just using 5000 because it's easy, $5,000 a month away, awesome. What does that feel like? What does that experience feel like? Does it feel good every month? Like, are you changing it up? How are you doing it? Um, because that helps to tap into that experience of having that money because those are questions that you would be asking yourself. Um, and I, I don't think anyone has to give away money or thinks that they, you know, to get money that we have to give it away. I just know um, from my experience that probably 95 to 100% of people, that is one of the things, the reasons why they want money. So if that's a reason why, it's, it's good to play with it. I'm just um I've just noticed in chat guest four is talking about um uh looking up the information for leasing a private jet to take friends places. <laughs> I love that. How fun is that? My next question would be what's your what's your flight plan? Where are you taking them? <laughs> I want yeah. to that would be the fun stuff. Oh, I might have a I might have an extra day in me now, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There we go. I was, I trust your process so much that I didn't want to say that, you know, maybe we just need to find something really juicy cool. But, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Oh, flight to San Francisco, that would be fabulous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and scholarships. Oh, I love it all. Fabulous. Yeah, and I love playing with it. And I think that's the important distinction that um, Janet has definitely helped make on this call is that, it's okay to script money, but it should be the experience of it versus how it's coming in or kind of um, how in any way how we spend it now because it's it likely looks different. It doesn't have to. I mean, there's a lot of things I do now that will be the same. They'll just be in greater proportion um, the more money I have. So, yeah. Good for you, guest. Did I ever figure out who guest for? I don't know who guest for. I'm trying to look it up. But great job. Um, great job. That's awesome. You got it. Big, playing with the financial freedom but not figuring out the how, that's awesome. Keep doing, keep looking up flights to San Francisco, private jets, and the suites in the hotels. That's awesome. Oh, Mary, hi. So glad you made it. Glad you could be here and glad you are sharing all this fun, juicy stuff about private jets and hotels with us. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, um, does anyone have, this has been a great, fabulous call. I'm so glad that you two and Mindy showed up. Um, does anyone have any last questions or anything they're dying to talk about in the process? I just want to say thank you so much for the call, Cassie. It's a really good opportunity to kind of tease out some of the, the you know, some of the um, the thoughts that I have about the process and about, you know, playing with my own experience of playing with it. So I really appreciate that. Oh, yes. Thank you for being here and your questions and, as always, contributing your brain science knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that. Um, awesome. I'm so glad you're just still beginning to script. Awesome, Marianne. It's so great that you were here. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I want to wish both of you a very happy evening. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Cassie. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.